All right, you can be seated. Good evening, everybody. The veteran crowd, the heroes of fate, the mighty men and women of valor. They had a lottery drawing in Bixby, Oklahoma last month uh, down at my grocery store, Doc's Family Grocery. Couldn't even get in the parking lot. I thought, I'm just going to stop by and get some, you know, get some avocados, some bananas, go home. I couldn't get in the parking lot. I thought, man, are they having a sale? Is it a half-price sale? Well, no, it's a little community center, and they were having the drawing for the local lottery. But you had to be there. So not only having the drawing, you had to, if you had the winning ticket, you had to be there to claim it or you wouldn't get it. And Bixby showed up. They were there. It was cold. It was sleeting. And they packed that place out. I thought, now that's amazing. What are you looking for? Well, most people look for a quick fix. I can't go into a, a convenience store anywhere in America. It's just at my mom's house in Chattanooga, certainly in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because you can, you can gamble in Oklahoma anywhere. And you can't go in and you can't even pay for gas. You can't, you can't buy a cup of coffee without standing behind three people who are not in there to do anything else other than buy a lottery ticket. The world is starved for hope. They're looking for, my, my God, maybe that'll be it. No, it won't. <laughs> Trust me, you're not it. And I could just stand there and just half prophesy, you're not going to win. <laughs> that would be cruel. So, Okay, now I'm going to do this real good. This is uh, uh, what, what I'm going to give you tonight, what I gave you this morning, is, uh, is uh, the third greatest thing I learned about prayer. For my kids, if I thought I would never see my children again and God was going to call them to Australia and I never go to Australia, I would want them to hear what I talked this morning and what I'm about to give you right now. If you don't learn to pray, I don't care who you are, what your IQ is, how many degrees you have. If you don't hook up to God, you are sucking wind. Not going to go. But if you can learn to hook up to God, I don't care again. I don't care if they kicked you out of kindergarten. I don't care if you can't walk and chew gum at the same time. I don't care if you can't carry a tune in an oaken bucket. If you can pray, you can storm hell. You can bring heaven right down on your path because God is looking for somebody to call on. It's just what he's doing. So I'm going to give you this right here. I'm going to read these to you just real quickly. And then I'm going to read some passages of Scripture. Just kind of requote what I did this morning, Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6, any translation is good. Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer, supplication, and giving of thanks. Now, there's a whole seminar of those three words, but just you ask God. Supplication means you have a list. It's a list, supplication, a list. Prayer, supplication, and giving of thanks, because thanksgiving attracts God. Present your request to God. Quit thumb-sucking about something and tell God what you want. It says this, anyhow, present your request to God. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, I say unto who shall ever, watch this now, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. John 16, the whole book of John is just excellent on prayer, but John chapter 16, verse 23, whatsoever, this is Jesus speaking, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He said, up until now you have asked nothing in my name. Nah, I've not been here. I'm here as a man now. I'm here. I'm about to flip the switch. We're going from the old covenant to the new covenant. We are about to swing the door. Up till now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. <laughs> you know, I just filled up my daughter's, I got my daughter's car driving over here from Franklin. I just filled up the tank today. She's going to be thrilled. She loves a full tank. I like a full tank. I like a full bank account. I like a full belly. I like things full. I don't like empty. Empty's bad. The fact that it's empty is not good. If it has a capacity, it should be full. Full of joy. Your joy. What is it? Joy. Joy. Not happy. Happy. Happy's depending on something to happen. Joy is just that's a yeah, you know, man. I'm just I'm telling you, I feel good. God is just on the throne and it's good. Your joy will be full. Then I like this. First Thessalonians 5 17 says, pray without ceasing. And then James 5 16 says, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power, ooh, mercy, and produces wonderful results. Now, I'm just give you three. Now, uh, we used to have Bible studies at the house on Friday night, and we didn't know a whole lot, but we would all be responsible for looking up something. What are we going to talk about Friday night? Will y'all come over, bring your wife? Denise and I would steam a big chicken, cook a big chicken, roast it, and uh, then everybody would bring a side dish. And so we would just sit, and we were all freshly spirit-filled. Uh, there were uh, 11 of us working in a lab uh, nine of us got born again in the spirit field. Today, seven of us are in full-time ministry. We had a man cut a wide path through our life years ago. We were 
working at Olden Matheson down in Chattanooga. So this is the myth. We've just got spirit-filled. We don't know anything. We, don't, we are not going to a local church. None of us go to church anywhere, but we've been spirit-filled with this crazy Methodist engineer. We've all got new Bibles, and we are hungry. Now, we needed a pastor. Thank God we've been we found pastors. We've found us a church. But at the time, we'd, and we would just, okay, Friday night's prayer. Everybody look up something and bring it. Now, it wasn't so you could share it so we could learn because we don't know anything. My Schofield Bible's brand new. And so this Friday night on prayer, here are three of the ones that were given. I like this. This is, um, oh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. And this is about Hannah. And uh, I'm just going to jump into verse 9. It said, once uh, after a uh, sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Everybody say pray. Say it again. One more time. You got to pray. You got to pray without ceasing. You got to pray all the time with all manner of prayer from Genesis to Revelation, but especially in the New Testament. Pray, 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 pray. God said, I cannot move unless you ask me. I said it this morning. I said every time I teach it, God is not human. He's not moved out of pity. He's only moved by faith. Without faith, Hebrews says, we cannot please God. Without faith, we cannot resist the devil. What I believe is critical. That's why I'm to feed and meditate on this day and night. You know, all the scriptures, I quote them almost every time. Third John 2, Joshua 1, 8, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. If I meditate on this day and night, then I prosper and have good success. Why well, I'm thinking God's thoughts. I'm still being opposed. I still have tests and trials. But what do you know? I will overcome. I'll be more than a conqueror. I will have a testimony. I may have a test, but I'm going to overcome it, and I'm going to share it. So it says, this Hannah got up to pray, and the priest, Eli the priest, was sitting in his customary place besides the entrance of the church door, basically. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer... And give me a son, then I will give him back to you, and he will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he will be dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. And she was praying, now that's the fifth time, pray, 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 and praying. Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound. You know, you can pray without a sound coming out. That's a thought. Said, so seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. And so the preacher basically got up and came to the lady who's in anguish praying and said to her, Must you come here drunk? He demanded, Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged and I am pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Well, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Of course, she got a son. You know, she went and gave him to Eli and became Samuel, the great you know, prophet and priest of the land. Old New Testament. We used to, you just read, well, that's a great story. That, no, what was the story about? Who's it about? What was it about? You get nothing from God if you don't ask him. You can just be all holy, never say a cuss word, never cheat, lie, steal. You can walk on water and raise the dead. If you don't pray to God, he won't move on your behalf. He can't. It is not legal. Prayer is not a, uh, it's not a, a religious thing. I said all the time. It is a legal thing. Jesus repeatedly said, I know what you need before you ask. I need you to ask. And so we think we have to get holy. Well, I'll wait till the house is clean and I'll get a holy moment when I'm not busy and I'm not all messed up. No, throughout the New Testament, I'm going to read it here in a little bit. Pray all the time in all manner of prayer without ceasing in everything, about everything, continue. Why? Because if you're not getting God in the middle of whatever hell you're going through, he can't show up. Because we're conditioned as a human to think, if I hurt bad enough, somebody will sorry for me and help me. No, God won't. He can. It's not legal. Now look at this. These are my three of my favorites. This is um, 2 Kings chapter 19. Uh, I'll just jump in at verse 14. I love this. This is a great story. I'm just going to read a small portion. It's a long story. It says, after Hezekiah received the threatening letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. Now, he's just been threatened by this angry King Sennacherib who's threatened him and just said some nasty stuff about him. And so he goes, he takes the threat. What is it? Well, I got a bad report. Could have been a bad report from your boss, bad report from the doctor, bad report from your spouse. Doesn't matter. What'd you do with the bad report? I took it to God. Roll your cares over on me, for I care for you. New Testament. 
We've got to get in the habit of don't wait, don't think, go to God. Then, right then. You don't have to shave or put on makeup or take a shower, clean up or change clothes. Go then. Ooh, have mercy and bless myself. Said, uh, and so he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created heavens and the earth. <laughs> but, you know, when you go to God, you need to gum flap him. God loves gum flap. Well, basically, the King James says God inhabits praise. Where does God live? In praise. Where does God live at? In some strange place? No, God lives in praise. He inhabits praise. He loves praise. There are four angels around the throne that have six wings and eyeballs on every side of their head. Their entire reason for creation being created is to praise God. When you get to heaven, you'll see God on that throne, the laser light show going on of emerald green, and there'll be four really strange creatures with six wings, eyeballs never set on the four corners of his throne, and all they do is volley back and forth across his head, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's all they will ever say. That's all they were created to say. God loves praise. God inhabits praise. The best thing you'll ever do when you get a bad report, start thanking God. You get a bad report from God, well, Father, I just want to thank you. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Jehovah Shalom, my peace. I thank you. I don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and the sound of mine. With long life, will you satisfy me and show me your salvation? You get a pink slip from work. We're laying you off, cutting your back. Well, Father, I want to thank you that you supply all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The devil's just trying to make a gum flap out of this, but I thank you. I'm going to come on this thing better than I went into it. You're going to have, he's going to have to pay me back seven times whatever he steals from me. Because a human didn't cut your pay. A human didn't lay you off. The devil's stealing from you. Flesh and blood's not your enemy. Remember this morning? You've got to learn what real spiritual warfare is. You don't have to get goofy or strange, suck rug, shave your head, light a candle, hum a hymn, put on a tape. You just got to get your mouth open and start saying what God says. Oh my goodness, I got to watch this on the sidetrack. And so uh, he said, uh, anyhow, uh, let me pick back up here. He said, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kings of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen Open your eyes, O Lord. See, listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. Now, the words of defiance are against the king, not against God. But Hezekiah knows something. I belong to God. Now, you've got to get this in you. And the only way you can do that is go through the, all the script. The greatest Bible study you'll ever do is take your pencil or highlighter, go through the New Testament, all the in him, in whom, in Christ scriptures and highlight it. There's basically 134. If you stretch it, there's 137, depending on which translation. 134 descriptions of who you are in Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I mean, once you start, you just get, who are you? I am in Christ. I've been bought with a price. I belong to him. I am no longer my own. I died and Christ was born. I was born again. I now belong to him. You're talking to me, you're talking to God. I'm a child of God. That's why I can run boldly to the throne of grace and get mercy and help in time of need. I belong to God. He bought me. Do you threaten me? You're threatening God because I belong to him. He paid a high price for me. He likes me a lot. I am the apple of his eye. Ooh, have mercy. <clears throat> Anyhow, keep getting sidetracked. Stay on this thing. It is true, Lord, that the king of Assyria have destroyed all of these other nations. He's talking about the letter. And they have thrown down the gods of these nations into fire and burned them. But of course, the Assyrians could destroy them. They are not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kings of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, our God. Then he's praying. He says, then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer about King Sennacherib. When you pray, God listens. Remember Daniel when he's praying said, we heard your prayer the day you prayed it. Where have you been for 21 days? Well, there's demon spirits trying to stop angels from moving and doing what they're supposed to do. I need you to keep praying. Faith of that works is dead. Keep praying. Keep thanking me. I'll inhabit praise. Having done all to stand, stand there for. Well, I ain't nothing happened. Keep praying. Why? Because stuff's going on. God watches over his word to perform it. So said this, this is, what, this is what God says, the God of Israel says, I have heard your prayer about King Sennacherib, king of Assyria, 
And the Lord has spoken this word against him. Now, it is an entire chapter. I'm just going to give you the first four lines. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. Now, that's God talking to the heathen king that's just threatened Zion. said, you threaten Zion? said, they laugh at you. You think you're a big bad boy? That little country is laughing at you. They laugh at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision, in derision as you flee. She's laughing so hard. Israel's laughing so hard they can't stand. They're on the ground, belly laughing, tears are running out of their eyes, their mouths wide open. They are laughing so hard at you right now, you can't imagine. Now, that's God's response. Well, they're not, but in God's mind they are, because that's what's going to happen, because all of Sennacher's army is going to die that night. If I don't pray, God can't get involved. Hezekiah prays, and God said, not only am I going to answer, I'm going to show up really, really big, because I love to show off. Then I like this one. Of course, you know, they, they won that thing, and Sennacher got killed. Then I love this. This is uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, I'll just jump into verse 1 here. It said, After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Minuites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat that a vast army from Edom is marking, marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. And Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. Anytime you get a bad report, I've had bad reports. Your first response, your flesh gets involved. You are a spirit, a soul, and a body. You get bad news, your body, you know, if you throw something at me, I'm going to raise my arms up. I don't have to think about it. I'm going to protect my face. I'm going to protect myself. Your flesh will react to any bad news. That's why if you're born again, you've got to be still and know that I'm God. And all of a sudden, you've got to grab a hold of your flesh and no. We're going to stand here and believe God. God is a delivering, all-powerful, all-good God. Works all things out to my good. I don't care. The devil might come in one way. He's going to go out seven ways. No. This is going to work out to my good. I don't care what happened. I don't care if I did something dumb. I'm going to repent real quick if I have because God will convict me. I'm going to repent real quick. God's going to forgive me immediately. Immediately work on things out to my good. Like you got to get it in you so you're like just a greased banana peel. I blessed me saying that. Anyhow, it said uh, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. Now what's he doing? My goodness, we've got nasty coming, God. What do I do? And he's begging God for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So the people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Now, can you imagine? They could have just started cussing and blaming God. What did they do? No, we're going to seek God's help. God's going to help us. We don't know how, but we're going to ask him. Then it says, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed. Now, what's he doing? Well, we've got a bad report. I'm going to pray. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. Now, I don't have time, but I'm trying to point some of these three prayers. Everybody that prayed did a lot of gum flapping to God before they got to the point. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Come before him with singing. I don't care how much hell is just descended on you. You ought to go into God and really kind of gum flap. God, I just want to thank you. You're real good. You're good all the time. You're good to me. You work all things out to my good. By the way, I'm here for something. You enter his gates with thanksgiving. You enter his courts of praise. You come before him. You've got to train yourself. What's your flesh want to do? Run, holler, scream, and throw something. What are you going to do? I'm going to go before God, and I'm going to gum flap him a while because he really likes it. God, I'm sorry I had not been here in a while, but, you know, hell has forced me into your presence. You know why I'm here. It's not because I really love you. I do, but I haven't shown it much lately. So while I'm here, let me give you a little gum flap. You're really good. You're good all the time. Let me just sing something to you. <laughs> my mind's somewhere else, but I'm going to sing to you. It's from my heart. Now, my head's somewhere else right now, but my heart's coming to you. Because you can't lie to God. He knows everything in you. Ooh, have mercy. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Now, why is he telling that? Because I'm being threatened. What's he doing? Well, I'll tell you, nobody can stand against you, God. Now, he's going to get to the point that he belongs to God, but he's reminding him. He's putting him. God said, put me in remembrance of my word. You want to get God up off his seat, start telling him what he's already said. Well, that's right. I did say that. Yes, you did. <laughs> I don't. Woo, have mercy. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? Did you not give this land uh, forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here. By the way, you know, the present borders of Israel go all the way up to Turkey. You know that, don't you? 
all the way into Jordan, and uh, the northern part of Egypt belongs to Israel. That was the original promise. I don't know why I'm saying that, but a lot of politics. They're trying to give them, get, get, trying to get Israel to get back to the West Bank. God promised, I will give you this land in the borders, all the way to the Euphrates, all the way over to the Dead Sea, all the way down to northern Egypt. And you can read it. I'm not making it up. That land belongs to Israel. When Jesus comes back, it will be their land. That's why the, the Orthodox Jews in Israel won't give that land up. Why? We're coming back after 2,000 years of being exiled to reclaim the land. As soon as we reclaim the holy sites, and by the way, all the holy sites in Israel that are in Isaiah that God prophesied about, all the holy sites are in the West Bank. Now, why do I say that? Well, that's what the Palestinians want. We want the West Bank. We want Jerusalem. We want the West Bank. Well, Jerusalem is the city of God, and the West Bank is where the holy sites are. The devil's not stupid. We're not dealing against flesh and blood. The devil's trying to grab hold of where Jesus is going to sit because if he owns it, Jesus can't come back and sit there. His people need to reclaim the land so he can come back. That's the end time teaching. Every time you see something in the news, there's a reason. Do you understand that? Look, I've been to the church in Danbury, Connecticut probably a dozen times where the tragedy just happened. That is one of the most all-American cities you'll ever go to. You can't believe how beautiful a town it is, how quaint, how peaceful. Everybody waves at you. Not a lot of word teaching going on up there. A lot of wealth. Been there forever. Really pretty. The devil doesn't care how pretty it is. He doesn't care how peaceful it is. He's afraid of one thing. If you don't have it, he's going to show up. And you can reason it, question it, and try to justify it all you want. The devil does not play fair. We lived really good in America for about 230 years. We forgot what it's like everywhere else that's not here. If you're not here, you're in hell. Most countries live in hell under threats, torture, thieving, you name it. What? Well, it was, we were, and people will mock this. We were built on a biblical principle. Prophet, priest, and king, I'd say that's why we have a Congress, a judicial system, and a president. Prophet, priest, and king. Our founding fathers set it up based on the word of God to balance so no one person can take our country stupid. Oh, that was good. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, I used to teach history, so I'm just like, there's a reason for everything. You understand? There's also a reason if I don't pray, the devil, he'll push in. He doesn't play fair. So anyhow... Because it says this, um, he said, whenever, uh, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, famine, we can come and stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out. And he's not cried out. He's reminding them of what he's promised. We can cry out to you and you will save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Now, you can go and read the rest of it, but he's reminding And God did rescue and he did deliver and he did save. But what he did, he went into God's presence and said, what's going on? Well, we've got a bad report. What are we going to do? Well, first we're panicking, but what we're going to do is pray. We're going to get everybody else to pray, get everybody to fast and pray. And then I'm going to come in down here to the temple where God's presence is, and I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to start gum flapping him. Oh, God, you've done good. You've been this. And then he starts reminding of his word. And you promised this when we came into the land, that this would be our land, and nobody else could take it. And this would be ours forever. And he's reminding them. And then he gets down to the next chapter because it's a whole sermon within itself. And God says, yes, you're right. And so Jehoshaphat didn't have to fight. God said, God said, here's what you're going to do. Get the praise and worship band out front. Not your soldiers, not your best spearmen, not your chariots. Get the praise and worship band out front because we're going out to meet that army tomorrow. What? Get the singers out here. All righty. You know, some of them aren't really big. You know, they're kind of skinny. Get the singers out here. And they got the praise and they went out singing the next day. We sing in praise and worship all the time. And they kept singing praise to God all the way. And as they got close to the army, the army turned on each other and killed each other dead. So when Jehoshaphat got there with the band, where are we going? We're singing and God's supposed to be doing something. I don't know. Just shut up and keep singing. And when they got over the hillside, they looked up and the entire army was dead. They had killed each other. It took Jehoshaphat and his city three days to pick up the spoils, the silver, the gold, the horses, the clothes. We weren't looking for stuff. We're just trying not to get killed. Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, and I've taught it here so many times, built seven cities to store his excess in. He was already a blessed man, but every time he was obedient to God. And so every time somebody attacked him, he'd go defeat him. God, I don't want to fight him. Well, you're going to have to. 
But every time Jehoshaphat prayed, no, I said, I'm just giving, I'm skimming the surface like a little rock on a lake. You got to start praying. You can't wait till you got it all down pat. Well, I don't know much about it. Well, just open your mouth, start gum flapping. God, I'll talk to you. It's like milking a cow. You grab the udder, the milk comes out. Maybe you've never been around a cow. We used to have the kids come to drag belts. And they'd never seen a cow. We'd have a milk, and we've had them stick the cup under the udder. Just... I had one, I'm not even, one kid asked which one was chocolate. <laughs> you think I'm making it up? Okay, now here it is. Here's the tidbits. Hang with me here. And you can get this on. You're going to record this. And I'll get you out of here in about 25 minutes. Listen to this. These are the tidbits. This is from all that stuff. And then when I taught intercession prayer, number one, I'm just going to just read them and make a statement. Number one, why pray? Why pray? Well, we read it in Ephesians 6. Because there's an enemy and I need God's help. I need God's wisdom, his divine protection, his guidance. No different than David when he got attacked. When David finally took over Jabez, which is now Jerusalem, when he finally got the ultimate place he was supposed to go, the minute he sat down, the Philistines attacked him. Now, he's been whipping everybody. He's never lost a battle. As soon as he got in the will of God, where are you now? Well, I've been spending the last 20 years trying to get into the perfect will of God. Where are you? I am right now sitting in Jabez, Jerusalem. I am in God's perfect will. Where are you? I mean, God, I've slept in caves. I've been chased by Saul. I've killed lions, bears, and giants. Where are you? I am finally in the perfect will of God. Yes, you are. And the Philistines attacked him immediately in the perfect will of God. He goes down into the hole of the, of the castle there to pray. Oh, God, I'm being attacked. Now, he's a warrior. He whips people. He's never lost. He's really good. But he knows so without God, I don't whip anybody. I might be a warrior, but I don't fight without God. That's why when Goliath challenged, he said, he's challenging the arms of the living God. He's not challenging me. He's challenging God. And God will use anybody to whip if somebody will go out there. So he goes down into the hole of the city and he prays, God, what should I do? And God says, go out the front gate, chase them and defeat them. And he did. He goes back into the castle in the perfect will of God in Jerusalem. Three verses later, he gets attacked again. Now, he's already heard the will of God. What's the will of God? Well, this is the Philistines. I prayed about them last week. God said, go out the gate and whip the snot out of them. And I did. What's going on? Well, the remnants come back to attack me again. Well, what do you do? Well, just do what God told me last week. Let's go. Well, no, what God's will was last week, yesterday, or this morning is not God's will right now. The Bible says, now faith is. Now I'm a child of God because I'm led by the Spirit of God. God's talking all the time. I don't have to wait to a holy moment. I need to know right now what I need to do. Oh, he goes into the whole God, what should I do? Do I go back out? Not this time, son. Thank you for asking. I have a different plan. This time I want you to take your army, run out the back door, circle around by the mulberry trees behind them, and sit there and don't move until you hear the leaves rustle. When you hear the leaves rustle, I know you're a good army. I know you whipped everybody, but you're doing it because of me, not you. And when you hear the leaves rustle, that'll be a sign of my angels going in before you. You just follow the angels in and you defeat the army. Now, you, I, I could spend days. The entire Bible is nothing but a prayer course. God knows exactly what you're dealing with tonight in your money, in your family, with your health, with your sanity. He knows exactly what you're dealing with. I don't know what we're going to do. I've been there. We've all been there. I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope Jesus comes. I don't know. Well, God knows. He said, I've already got a way out. You're kidding. No. I can float axes and raise dead people. What, what's your problem? I can bring peace. I can, I can bring peace to a situation. I can solve a problem. I can make somebody angry at you all. Someone want to hug your neck tomorrow. I can turn the hearts of men and women. But not if you don't let me. Now, you want to handle it yourself? Get yourself on in there and see what you can do. But as soon as you wore out and whipped, come on back and I'll help you if you'll ask me. And so throughout the Bible, God lets us know. Now, look at this. Why to pray? Because I have an enemy. Number two, I'm to not worry. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious for anything through prayer and supplication. Roll your cares over God. God said, I want you worried. So I thought about something. If I'm thinking about something real long, and you know when it is. You know when you've had something. All of a sudden you were thinking about it last night. You woke up thinking about it this morning. You know, you're trying not to think about it, but it won't go away. You ever had those thoughts? It won't go away. What is it? It's not good. I don't know. I don't know. Well, why don't you give it to God? Well, he knows. 
No, but you got to give it to them. It's a, it's a legal thing. Father, I need to roll this over in you. This thing's bothering me. This thing's challenging me. I don't know what we're going to do about it, but I know you care for me. You have an answer. So right now, in Jesus' name, I roll this over into your hands right now. And I thank you. You're going to show me what to do. And the next time that thought comes up, Father, I thank you. You're going to show me what to do about that. And the next time it comes, Father, I thank you. You're showing me what to do about that. I think I'm a child of God. I'm your sheep. You're my shepherd. I hear your voice, and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. You have got to get aggressive spiritually speaking, or you'll just gum flat and gossip to everybody about all the hell you're going through. You know what happened to me? No, I really don't want to hear. I really don't, because if you're gum flapping, you're not doing anything about it. Bless your heart. Now, I can help you do something. I can't help you do anything. <laughs> if you're doing nothing, I can't help you do nothing. I can agree with you if you're doing something. I like this request, James 4, 2. He said this, you have not because you ask not. I know what you need. You know why you don't have it? You've not asked me. What? You've not asked me. About what? Every detail. Every detail. I don't think they're ever going to give me a raise. Well, then go ahead and have what you say. I've told you what my daughter Jessica went through. I mean, she's had her salary double. But for two and a half years, they're not ever going to give me a raise. They're not ever. I will, and I finally got mad one day, and I started yelling. I, said, I agree with you. According to Matthew 18, 19, in Jesus' name, you'll never get a raise. In Jesus' name. Never. Never. I was at her house in, in, in Bixby. She said, well, what? I agree, babe. In Jesus' name, they'll never give you a raise. People will get raises, not you. In Jesus' name, I, I agree. You'll never get one. My God, didn't say that. No, babe, I love you. I want to agree with you. I love you. I want what you want. You don't want a raise. I don't want you to get one. In Jesus' name, you will never get a raise. In Jesus' name. You can laugh. I'm very serious. And I'm mad. I'm tired of you gum flapping about not getting a raise. You better start changing that because until your faith gets involved, you're not ever going to get one. You say, well, they'll see how hard I'm working, and I'm just going to work extra, and I'll work a lot of overtime. They don't give a hoot. You've got to pray. You think some human's going to bless you? There's a spiritual war. The devil and God's using all humans. Some humans are letting the devil use them. Some humans let God use them. But the, the war, your battle's not with a human. It's spiritual. If you don't get spiritual, you're hitting nothing. You're just not. Oh, I guess I'm blessing myself again. The Apostles' Prayer, I mentioned that this morning, Acts 6, verse 2, says we can't keep helping do this. This is important, but we must continue to give ourselves to prayer and, and study the Word, or we won't keep, keep growing. So they realize the importance there. Uh, Jesus prayed a lot, and I'll read that to you here uh, tonight, just a little bit more than with Paul. Uh, 25 times New Testament. Um, prayer is an important part of Jesus' present-day ministry. This blows some people's minds. Give me two scriptures. Uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to make intercession for them. Forever liveth to make intercession. So when Jesus went home to sit at the right hand of the Father, he wasn't through. He didn't kick back in a lazy boy recliner, sip an iced tea and watch a ball game. The minute he got home, he started praying. For who? Me, my family, my kids, you. What's he doing? What's his ministry now? Praying when he was here, he was walking, teaching, preaching, healing, raising dead. What's he doing now? Praying. What's his full-time ministry? Praying. Look at this one. I like this. Romans 8, 34. Christ who died was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. What's Jesus' number one job? Praying. Well, if he's the head of the body of Christ, what do you think our number one job ought to be? Praying. And here's the problem. Coming up in church, prayer was a holy thing. Uh, Brother Bill, would you pray? Uh, Brother Jim, would you pray? Sister Sue, would you pray? It's always even said in a holy voice. Uh, Brother Frank, would you now uh, dismiss us in prayer? Can't you just say, hey, Frank, pray, we got to go. <laughs> the day we laughed about eating lunch today. We're here not to have a prayer meeting, bless the food. Why? So we don't get sick. I pray with my food all the time. I don't want to get sick from it. I don't know where it's been. You know, what are you doing? I'm blessing that food to the nurse of my body. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll pray about something else later, but right now we're eating. And so, so it's, don't make it a religious thing. Jesus really hated those that prayed to be heard. You have no answer. You've got your answer. People heard you pray. You want to pray, go in secret, get in your closet, shut the door, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I like this one. Prayer is a bold approach to God. Uh, Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace <laughs> that we might obtain mercy and help in time of need. Uh, I've shared this testimony when I was going to Bible school um, out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was living in Broken Arrow, and I was working. I had two minimum wage jobs, and um, 
worked four hours one place and seven hours at another, and then I was going to Bible school. My wife worked at a daycare center eight hours a day. We all three made minimum wage at all the jobs. And so it's taken everything we can to feed us, pay our rent, our tuition, and put a tank of gas in a week. And I'm, 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 I'm fresh out of Bible school. I'm getting ready to graduate in two years, and I know all about faith and God and whatever, and he's good, and people are just thanking God. I'm driving to school, you know, an old truck, and has no air conditioner, and I got two kids in the front seat, and there's only three seat belts, and, you know, and I'm hearing about prosperity, you know, prosper, almost a prosper. <laughs> I haven't seen any, you know, where's it at? And so I remember I went home, uh, school dismissed early because we're about to graduate. And I went home, and I didn't live half a mile from school. And I'm in my chair, uh, 316 uh, Gum Street. And we're on Gum Street, and I got my Schofield Bible, you know, real nice paper. And, and I'm mad. I'm sitting there. I've got to go to work. I'm broke. I've run out of my savings. And we're broke, broke. And I'm mad at God. And we've got one of those peppered ceilings, you know, where they blow the sand on it. And it's all peppery. I'm sitting I just got mad. I know Deesa's going to be here in 30 minutes. She's taking me to work, and I work my other two jobs until midnight. I said, God, you said you'd bless me. You'd meet my needs. I don't see nothing, man. We're broke. And I'm just yelling. And so I knew to put God in remembrance of the Word. I said, you want to be reminded? Well, I'll remind you of something. And so I'd read a scripture, and I'd, yeah, and I'd read a scripture, and I'd sit there in that lazy boy. And I said, do you see he hear that? And then I'd throw my Bible at the ceiling. You see that? Boom, and it would stick to that sand and just shred the papers that come back down. Then I'd find another scripture. You just blow on my knees, you know, you just take pleasure in my prosperity. Well, I don't see no, here, here's my prosperity. And I'd throw my Bible. Well, I prayed about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Denise came home, my shirt tells out, I'm sweating something awful. My Bible's in shreds all over the living floor, stuck to the ceiling, shredded. And I'm just tired. I'm through yelling. I'm just almost hoarse. I've yelled so much. She came, what are you doing? Talking to God, just reminding them of some stuff. <laughs> and I just got it out of my system. I repented on what God, I'm sorry, but that's my heart. I'm not lying. I told you the truth, it's how I feel. And so two weeks later, uh, I went into my first job that I would get right after school. I said, uh, Joe, we, we've been thinking about starting another shift, second shift. And said, we'd like to hire you full time as a foreman. And they doubled my pay. And said, not only that, and this was March. This is market school's about out. And this is March. I said, by the way, everybody got a $1,200 Christmas bonus. You didn't get one because you were just, you know, minimum wage. But since you're now this, we're going to go ahead and retro that to you and give here's your $1,200 for your Christmas bonus we didn't give. And, it was all, and I knew what happened that day. I knew. I just thanked him very profoundly. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And, uh, but I knew what happened. My shredded Bible. I put God in remembrance of his word. He's sitting there like, you want a thumb suck and grip? You want to remind me of something? I watch over my word, not your thumb sucking. Now, it was kind of intense that you reminded me. <laughs> it's going to cost you a Bible, but God moved. Oh, my goodness. That was good. Uh, you pray in the name of Jesus. There's a whole book on this one, uh, John 16, 24. Up till now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, and you receive your joy be full. Uh, the way to obtain the Holy Spirit, Luke eleven thirteen. 13. This is Jesus speaking. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? How do you get the Holy Spirit? When I went to a Pentecostal church for about three years after I got Spirit-filled, they, they thought you had to tarry. And you had to wait until he moved. Well, he might, we hope he moves tonight. Well, the Spirit really moved last night. Spirit's moving all the time. People just won't let him. And we thought it was a great night at the Spirit. My God, wasn't that great how the Holy Ghost moved? What do you mean he moved? You mean you finally responded to him? Because he's moving all the time. He's God. He never slumbers, never sleeps. He's trying to get people to respond. It means you finally let him do something. And so same thing about asking for him. You get the Holy Spirit. How? Ask. Oh, my goodness. I like that. Uh, you pray for Jesus' return. Now, I don't like to do this late at night, but let's just throw this at you. Luke 21, starting in verse 34. She so said this, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with, watch this, dissipation. Look that up. That sounds like constipation. It's related, but it's more mental than it is physical. I'm not making that up. You can look it up. Drunkenness, anxieties of life. What is it? You're just burdened down with life. You're not praying. You're not rolling your cares over God. You better be careful that you don't let life just jump on you and weigh you down. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. It says this, and that day will come in on you unexpectedly like a trap. Woo, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth. 
be always on the watch and pray. Oh my goodness, there it is. Pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, may be able to stand before the Son of Man. That's just a scary scripture. What is it? Well, the Bible says you and I should know when Jesus is getting ready to come back. I may not know the day or the hour, but I know the signs of the time. What do you know? I think Jesus is coming. When? Pretty soon. Like the next two minutes? I don't know. Could be the next 20 years. But signs are there. Israel's back as a nation. God said within this generation, whether it's 40 years or 70 years, something's going to happen. It's getting close. You know? So, you worried? Nope. Matter of fact, I don't think about heartache at all. Matter of fact, most days I never think about it. You think about Jesus coming back? Mm Mm-mm. No. What are you doing? Working. God said I was to work and labor until he got back. Not go hide in a cave and eat beef jerky. And I'm, I'm to go work. Just go pay your bills. Mow your grass. Do something. Uh, anyhow. Uh, pray that sin be brought to light. Oh, this is a good one. This is the great Davidic prayer quoted this morning. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me out in the way everlasting. Now, what does that mean? God, don't let me go stupid and not know it. You got to pray that. You, 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 can go, you can get numb or blinded to something and not know it. God, don't let, don't let blindness take me over. For something I need to know, talk to me. Then I like this. Uh, pray for God to, uh, to deliver. Oh, man, this is real good. Uh, this is the Acts 91, you know. Uh, the angels of God, Psalm 91, the angels of God encamp round about those that fear him and no evil will come near their dwelling. I know a lot of Christians that have nasty stuff happen to them. What happened to Psalm 91? Were you praying it? Did you believe it? Jesus always asked people, believest thou I can do this? What? I can do anything, I'm God. Do you believe I, I'm limited by what you believe? Do you believe I'll protect you? Do you believe I will bless you? Do you believe? Because I can't do a thing. Well, that's just a, that's just a lot of old stories. That's not true. It didn't happen to me. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. Do you believe it? Well, if you don't believe it, he can't do it. Oh, that's just real quiet right now. Okay. Uh, I like this, entering to God's presence. Who have mercy. This is what I just quoted real quick. Psalms 100 verse 2, enters gates with thanksgiving, enters courts with praise, come before him with singing. Uh, Hebrews 13, 15, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. He likes it. Praying God's will, 1 John 5. This is a good one. 1 John 5, 14. Give you two more. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will. Now, what is will? Testament is a will. Last will and testament. Old Testament, New Testament. This is the will of God. What do you want to remind him of? His will. You said this was mine. I'm going to remind you of this. So it says this. If we ask anything according to his will... We know that he hears us. What's he going to hear? He hears his word, not me crying. He hears this, not my suffering. He hears his word. God said, put me in remembrance of my word. When you pray, you've got to get at least two or three scriptures and pray what God said. God, you promised this. Yes, I did. That's why Hezekiah, what did they reminded God of what he had promised. That's why they went in th- gum flapping him, reminded him of what he said, and God showed up. Hezekiah's praying, and God showed up. God says, praying, God showed up. Hannah's praying, God showed up. When did God show up? When you pray. Well, was he playing a game? No, it's a legal thing. I know what you need. Ask me and I'll do it. Have mercy. Then I like this. Um, If we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Then the last one is this. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. It said, in the same way the Spirit helps our weakness. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. What's it do? Helps our weakness. Now watch this. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Now, this is Romans. Paul's right. You know, sometimes you don't know what to pray for. There's stuff going on. Man, and you ever been there? I've been there. I don't know what to pray. Man, I bound the devil and pled the, pled the blood, and repented and forgave. And what? You know, what? I don't know. What, what is it, God? Because there's times, man, the devil, he's sneaky. He's crafty. It's like, so sometimes we don't know what to pray for as we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself, who? The Holy Spirit, where? Living in me. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that cannot be expressed with articulate speech, the Greek says. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. What's the Spirit going to do when he prays? When I pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the perfect will of God. Now, here's what I'm going to close with. This is the Apostle Paul. Uh, this is out of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is his summation. He's writing, he says, I, Paul, he said this, five times I was beaten with 39 lashes, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned to death, 
Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole day and night adrift at sea. I have traveled many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers. I have faced danger from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people. And I have faced danger from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in cities. I have faced dangers in the desert. I have faced danger on the seas. Where you, where you been, Paul? Facing danger. Would you been to Little Rock? Mm-hmm, yeah, I faced some danger. Where'd you go, Atlanta? Where'd you go? I faced danger. Everywhere he went. Everywhere he went. Now watch this. That's all of this. I faced dangers from men who claimed to be believers but were not. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. You know, the Bible promises sweet sleep. You know why he promises that? Because the devil's going to try to steal it. You know when you have to believe for healing? When you're sick. You don't have to believe for prosperity when you're broke. It's a simple process. What the devil is, if you don't know the word, you, the first thing you want to do is blame somebody, and you'll start with God. Why did God let this happen? I'm the family preacher. First words out of every family member. Why did God let this? God didn't do this. Because well, he's all powerful. He's just all knowing. You know, son, I'm not holding not, You know, like, no, he's not. He's not in charge of anything. He's in heaven. Satan's the God of this planet. And they'll just look at you. God's not in charge. Satan is. Now, God will be in charge of my life if I invite him. Be in charge of my family if I invite him. My, my home, my business if I invite him. But not if I don't invite him. He's not allowed down here. Oh, good gracious. So I've been hungry and thirsty. I have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. I've had the daily burden that comes from the concern of the churches. Uh, the governor has had guards trying to catch me. I have been lowered in a basket to a window in the city to escape him. And he just goes on and he talks about, who is this? Well, this is the guy that claims that he prayed in the Spirit more than anybody. You pray in that Holy Ghost thing? Mm-hmm. How much? A lot more than you. Was it bless you? Sure. I've been, let's see, I've been beaten uh, five times with 39 lashes. I've been beaten with rods three times. I once was stoned to death. Three times I was shipwrecked. Well, I don't even want to pray in that thing then. Is that what happens? <laughs> no, I came out of it. They, they, now, the one, it depends on which translation you read, when he was beaten to death, I mean, they, one, about half of the people say, yeah, they beat him to death. He just woke up and walked back into town the next day. Hey, he's back in town. I thought we beat him to death yesterday. I did too. Well, he's back. You're kidding. What he's trying to say is, I don't care what you do to me, you cannot stop what I've been called and gifted to do. You can't stop me. If you don't settle that in you, you're going to constantly be mad at your boss, your president, your government. You're going to be mad at somebody. Well, if it wasn't for them, I'd be fine. Huh? No, it's for God. So here's the summation. I'm just trying to make a point. I'll be through in eight minutes. Look at this. Now, this is going to read this to you. This is the prayers of Paul and James and John. I'm just going to read the summation. I've already read Romans 8, 26. He said, we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit will make intercession for us. Romans 10, 1. My prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. You know, God says that he'll bless us that pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that he'll prosper us. I pray that it, Father, thank you. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Thank you for bringing your people home from the north, south, east, and west because when everybody's back, Jesus is coming. So I'm praying I'm home now. I'm cooperating with what God's will is. So I love that. Romans 12, 12, continue steadfastly in prayer. Romans 15, 30, I beg you, strive together with me in prayers for me. He said, man, I'm going, I'm going through stuff. I need you to get in agreement with me because the devil's using everybody and their dog to stop what God's trying to do through me. But I'm praying and God's delivering me. My boat sank. I didn't drown. Stake bit me. I didn't die. Matter of fact, I broke out in revival and, and had the king, had a big revival on that island. God's working all things out to my good. It's not stopping stuff from coming at me, but my prayer life is bringing me out smelling like a rose on the other side. I hope you're, this is soaking in because there's just not a whole lot of options on this thing. Now watch. Here's what the often says. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he says, do not pry, deprive one another, talking about husbands and wives sexually. The only time husbands and wives are not to meet each other's sexual needs is there's only one in the whole team Testament. The only time you're not supposed to meet each other's sexual needs is when you're giving yourself to prayer and fasting for something really important that's hammering down on you. That tells me the importance of prayer. No kissy face, we need to pray. And he said, then you can't stay away kissy face forever. That's a whole marriage seminar. It's on the table. (laughs) 
if you didn't get that, see me after the service, huh? 1 Corinthians 14, 15, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. What's he saying? I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to pray in English. I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to pray in English. Oh, my goodness. Ephesians 1, 16, do not cease to make mention. I do not cease to make mention of you in my prayers. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer. Philippians 1, 4, always in every prayer of mine, I make requests for you all. Now, he's talking, I want you to pick up the words, without ceasing and all. Listen to this. This is the Apostle Paul. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Colossians 1, 3, we give thanks, praying always for you. Colossians 1, 9, we do not cease to pray for you. Colossians 4, 2, we continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it. You know, you ought to pray more than once a week and once a day. You ought to get in heaven just praying all the time. The reason God gave us the Holy Ghost, you can pray in the Holy Ghost when you're working. Your mind's not involved. You can still focus on stuff because it's your spirit praying. God knew what he was doing. I like this, um, Colossians 4, 3, praying always for us that God would open for us a door for the word to be spoke so we can speak the mystery of Christ. Colossians 4, 2, always laboring, Epaphras is always laboring fervently for you in prayers. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, we give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers. 1 Thessalonians 3.10, night and day we've been praying exceedingly. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, brethren, please pray for us. 2 Thessalonians 1, we pray always for you. 2 Thessalonians 3.1, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort that first of all, prayer, supplication, and giving of thanks be made for all men in those positions of authority. 1 Timothy 2.8, I desire that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. 1 Timothy 4.5, all food is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. I'm not praying a revival meeting, I'm sanctifying my food. Say that again. You're going to get real good at this. You're going to go out and eat somewhere this week and just be, hey, I want to pray. God bless this food, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Got that church. Have <laughs> mercy to bless myself. Anyhow. 1 Timothy 5, 5, a true widow, because they're determining whether they could help her financially. I don't know if we can help her financially. Well, does she continue in supplication and prayers night and day? Because if she doesn't, we can't help her financially. That's hard. That's in the Bible. Yep, it went over big. James 5, 13, is anybody suffering? It means physically, let him pray. James 5, 14, is anybody sick? Let him call for the elders and let them pray over them. James 5.15, the prayer of faith will save the sick. James 5.16, pray for one another that you may be healed. Is there any doubt that God wants you well? What must be God through when I'm sick? No, if you're sick, you need to pray four times a lot. Get others to pray for you so you be healed. I hate doing funerals for my family. I hate it. Well, it must have been God's will because he's all-powerful. He's let it happen. Nobody reads their Bible. God's not in charge. He gave it away. Now, he's coming to get it back, but he's not in charge. If you're not praying, you're on your own. Or evidently, somebody else in your family somewhere is praying for you and got you covered, and you don't even know it. You're not lucky. There's no such thing as luck. Only in the dictionary. There's no good luck. There's no bad luck. There's God and the devil, and they work through humans. <laughs> Woo. Anyhow, James 5, 16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He's talking about people that are sick. Get after it. James 5, 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. He said he wasn't anything special. He just like you. What did I told him not to pray. I mean, to pray that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. For how long? Three and a half years. Can I do that? Well, if God tells you, you can. But he needed somebody to pray it. Why didn't God just make it not rain for three and a half years? Because he can't unless a human asked him. It was a judgment against the, against the nation. God couldn't move unless he got a human to ask him. God, this is the whole thing. God can, if I don't find a human to pray this, I can't do it. God is not allowed down here unless we ask him. Old and New Testament, pray, 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 pray. Why? So we'll be holy? No, so I can move. 
so I can do something. I love everybody. I love heathens. I'm trying to save a lost and dying world. I sent my son, but I need you to ask. Oh, I like this. And let's close with these. Oh, oh this is the ugly one. First Peter 3, 7. Husbands, dwell with your wife with knowledge or with understanding that your prayers be not hindered. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even going to read that list. I got hindrances to prayer. It's just too late to read it at night. But if I get to yell at my wife, God's not going to hear me. God said, I'm going to let you treat your wife. That is the second greatest gift I ever gave you outside of salvation. You treat her ugly, I'm not moving. You get that settled. Because you're going down the wrong path. Whoa. I like this. 1 Peter 4, 7. Be serious and watchful in your prayers. 1 John 5, 14. If we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. 1 John 5, 15. We know we have the petitions we've asked of him. 3 John 2, I pray that you prosper, men health as your soul prospers. Jude 1, verse 20, or just Jude, verse 20. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You can't miss that one. That's a, then the last one is Revelation 5, 8. In heaven are golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. You have never, ever prayed a prayer that wasn't heard and isn't reserved somewhere. Ever. Ever. Now, what I have to do with family members, well, we prayed, you know, if they'd be healed and they died. Let's just get to the ugly one real quick. I thought you said it's God's will they live. Well, it is God's will, but there is a war going on, and it, it takes faith. Jesus prayed for people that they'd be well. Paul prayed for people. You know, they were great miracles. Not everybody got everything because it's based on my faith. Remember the one with the issue of blood? And I, there's just so many. If you just read the New Testament... Jesus is going through a crowd, a narrow passageway over there in Jerusalem. And this lady who's been bleeding to death for 12 years, many physicians, no help. They can't stop the bleeding. She's dying. She hears that this healing, this healing man of God's coming through town. And she's crawling underneath the bottom people. I mean, they can't even see her. They're packed in like a sardine can. She's crying. What is it? Well, she's looking for the rabbi. She's looking for Jesus. And she thought, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Faith says something. You know, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you believe in your heart, Jesus Christ, Son of God, died for me, and raised from dead, you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. How did I get saved? I confess what I believed. Faith works by speaking. Faith speaks, Romans says. She said, if I can grab his garment, I'll be made whole. Well, Jesus is going down through that tight hallway, and all of a sudden, people are just trying to touch him to get to him. And all of a sudden, everybody's packed in like a sardine, and Jesus said, noise, he said, man, somebody just touched me. And, and Peter said, man, everybody's touching Lord. We're in here like a sardine can. No, no, no. I felt virtue go out of me. Somebody, boom, boom, just took a withdrawal out of me. Somebody touched me. I felt virtue go out of me. And he stopped everybody. Everybody back up. And they backed up. And there was that bloody woman laying in the street under his feet. And basically the bottom line is Jesus stood her up and says, woman, 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 your faith made you whole. Jesus didn't even know she was down there until she took a withdrawal out of it. What you believe is critical. There's nobody with a magic wand. This is God. He's real simple. He's real fair. Be it unto you according to your faith, Jesus said. You can have what you want. I don't know what they want, but you can have what you want. Now, I don't do, I'll just give you this. You can go to my website and download it. I have a one-page teaching of all the scriptures of unbelief. It is the nastiest long word in the Bible, a spirit of unbelief. I don't believe, you know, <laughs> I'm going to believe unless I see. I don't believe unless I put my fingers in his hands. Like, there's some people that just don't want to believe. And they could believe. They just choose not to. I go back to the Davidic prayer. Oh, God, search me. See if there's any wicked way in me. If there is, lead me out in the way everlasting. I want to believe you. I want to finish my life blessed and a blessing. I want everything you promised for me and my family. I don't care what the devil stole. Not only am I going to start living a better life, I'm going to go back and claim what got stolen. I'm going to, we're going to do a withdrawal of what the devil took. I'm going to storm the gates of hell and get back what rightfully belongs to me, which is the whole story of Israel going back and reclaiming what they lost. The miracle of Israel is that after 2,000 years, somebody decided we're going back after our land. It's not your land. It's been everybody else's land for 2,000 years. No, it, it was ours we're going back to get it. It's in the news every day about a group of people, Old Testament, claiming what God promised. And they're there. What do they have to do? Fight every day. <laughs> what? They have to fight the fight of faith. Not people, faith. 
I want to believe you, Father, for everything you promised. I want to finish strong. Amen. Let's stand up. We're going to pray. You learned anything tonight? Let's give you a little confession again. Say, Heavenly Father, just keep your eyes open. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Look up here. Don't close your eyes. Look up here. Your word is truth. It sets me free. It keeps me free. According to your word, you want me to pray. Pray a lot. All the time. Real effective. I want to do that. Show me. Teach me. Make me a person of prayer. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Well, I believe that. Bow your heads now. Father, I thank you for those that have come tonight. Lord, here's my prayer for this great church, this great community, for these people. Lord, they could have stayed home. There's a lot of things they could have done, but they've come out. I pray the Word of God goes into our heart tonight and bears 100-fold fruit in Jesus' name. But, Father, concerning our prayer life, if we're blinded in any area, according to your Word, I ask you right now, Father, remove blindness from our minds, enlighten the eyes of understanding. I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that we might know the hope of your calling. Father, I ask again and I thank you. Teach those that are here tonight. Teach me, Denise, my family, my son laws Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray, Father. Don't leave us where we are. Talk to us when we go to sleep. Talk to us when we get up. Send labors across our path. Lord, teach us how to pray efficiently, effectively, Father. I mean life-changing, world-changing prayers. We are going to become prayer warriors for, year, for you, and this is going to be the year we do it. 2013 is going to be a jubilee year. We're going to learn to trust you and praise you and pray to you and thank you more than we've ever done in our entire life. Thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to show us how to do it. Thank you for our spirit of boldness to continue to do it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. you believe that? We give the Lord a hand clap.